Party with All In Sports Outreach, and I'm excited about another episode of our podcast. Again, we started these podcasts to highlight local stories of faith and sports, and today I'm excited for you to hear from my friend and local rep for Fellowship of Christian Athletes, Corey Largent. Corey is a former middle school coach prior to God calling him into full-time ministry to serve with FCA. I'm excited for you to hear this conversation. Corey has a deep passion to encourage coaches, to encourage students to live boldly in their faith and to disciple others along the way. He's married to Jessica. They have two young kids. So without further delay, let's jump right into this conversation. Thanks for joining me today, Corey. Let's start with um, your background. Um, just tell us a little bit about yourself, your family, maybe where you grew up, You know your involvement in sports and, and your family today. Oh, well, <laughs> there's a lot there. Uh, well, I grew up uh, mostly in Louisville, Texas. Um, I had two parents and a, and a little sister. I was involved just like most normal youth growing up, almost every sport, you know, football, baseball, a little bit of soccer here and there. And uh, yeah, I grew up with a couple parents that loved me and uh, just uh, great as a kid. And my family today, I'm married. Uh, my wife, her name is Jessica Largent. I uh, got two little toddlers, a four-year-old Caden James Largent and a little three-year-old Sadie Grace. Awesome. That's a biz- busy time. Yeah. So you talked about your family, your family loved you growing up. Um, did you grow up in a family of faith? And then at what point did you um, realize that it was a personal relationship with Jesus that you needed? Uh, yeah. Um, I know that question about growing up in a family of faith has, has many layers to it. Right. And uh, for me personally, I grew up, um, my parents actually had me at a very early age. I think my mom was 19. My dad was 18 growing up in, oh, wow. in Dallas. Yeah, they attended, uh, I think, Thomas Jefferson High School. And uh, so if you can imagine, I mean, that was a, a, a difficult time for them, uh, you know, having a, having a new, new baby just as you graduate high school. So what I did specifically had is, is I had two parents that loved me. And, uh, and God can do amazing things through that, you know, a dad that that was there, mm-hmm. um, a mom that was there. And now growing up in a family of faith, we didn't grow up, I guess you would call it grow up being obedient to Christ. Mm. You know, I know my parents uh, had personal knowledge of who Jesus is mm-hmm. and, uh, and a love for him, but uh, we didn't grow up in a discipleship-based mm. home. And uh, so that was kind of difficult because, you know, a lot of that kind of led to some uh, personal struggles for me, you know, especially that, you know, we'll kind of talk about later on. Uh, but I did give uh, my personal dis- uh, decision to Jesus Christ when I was in the fourth grade at Vacation okay. Bible School in Denton, Texas. Awesome. So um, I mentioned in the intro that you used to uh, be a middle school coach. So at what point in your life, um, you said you grew up playing lots of sports, did you decide that you want to pursue coaching and... Um, you know, then you just said you gave your life to Christ in, mm-hmm. in fourth grade. So how does your faith impact coaching and teaching? <laughs> well, uh, I decided to pursue coaching and teaching basically in college. You know, I was kind of one of those uh, typical college kids that really didn't have direction at first for probably the first three years. You know, let's just say this. I have many hours of college uh, classes that are that go unused to this day. <laughs> and, uh, I can identify with that. <laughs> and I didn't follow, you know, that Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, which says, you know, lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him uh-huh. and he will direct your path. 
I was kind of trying to take that on myself, you know, uh, directing my own path. Mm-hmm. And so um, it wasn't until towards the end where I was like, you know what, I need to get out of this place and, and start making some money. And, uh, and I, I just love sports. Uh, I've always had a love for coaches in my life. You know, I know that they have a special um, significance to them. I know, you know, some, what coach says has a different level of authority. And, That's right. Uh, and so I kind of gravitated towards that. Uh, talked to some counselors and really felt God, you know, leading me towards this path. And so, you know, decided to switch majors for the last time, you know, finally graduated and uh, started coaching. And really when I was um, first coaching, I know the second question was, how did your faith impact that? Well, I really, at this point in my life, I wasn't living for Christ, if that makes sense. Sure, Hmm. I had, I had, uh, uh, knowledge of him and, right. and I will tell you I loved him but my life wasn't directly mm. for him which actually led to some pretty broken times yeah. especially that first year of coaching and teaching at Vernon, Texas wow but things did change after a few years of coaching mm-hmm. um, you started following Christ yes um, and then God called you into what is now a full-time ministry with Fellowship of Christian Athletes so kind of mm-hmm. talk through that journey of uh, God calling you to FCA and then you know, there may be some folks listening that aren't familiar with FCA, so talk about um, just yeah. FCA as a whole. No, exactly. Okay, well, I'll kind of start with the point where <laughs> the direction of my life changed dramatically. And, you know, and here's what it was. So I told you about that first year in Vernon being awful. And I, and I used to blame it on Vernon. But now I know it was my own fault. You know, when you're not aligned properly with God, you know, there's brokenness that happens. For instance, uh, I kind of have the example like this. I go see a chiropractor once a week and uh, I have lower back pain. And uh, sometimes the back pain, the back is not the problem. Maybe your hips are out of alignment and Mm. it just comes out through back pain. Well, the same example was there in my life. My problem wasn't Vernon, Texas. My problem was an alignment piece with, with God and it was out of alignment. Well, so I, I, so kind of to, to tie this up, I leave Vernon after one year and come back and got a job in Louisville School District. Mm. And so, of course, you know, when you're coming out of that bad year of your life, what do you do? Well, you move back in with your parents <laughs> uh. you know, at about 20, 29 years old. And that's what I did. And, uh, and then that's when the Holy Spirit uh, really, man, just changed the tra- trajectory of my life. And I remember that small, still voice, even today, what he said. And I was in my room, just a normal day, and, and he said this to me. He goes, you know you're going to heaven because you trusted in Christ. Hmm. He goes, but you're going to be embarrassed when you get here because you've never read my word. Whoa. And that really shook, shook me wow. because, you know, I, I love reading. And uh, back then I read a bunch of Vince Flynn, like uh, assassin books and stuff. And so I was like, all right, God, well, I'm going to dedicate this next year to reading nothing but your Bible and books about Christ. Wow. And uh, I mean, that's been 11, 12 years and I'm still, I'm still doing it. I'm still just, because once you get uh, into God's word, that's all you want. You want more of it. It's Amen. kind of like the... I kind of had an example of that the other day. I know it's kind of weird, but uh, they tell you, you know, if you ever stand in the ocean, right, and you don't have water, they say, don't drink the ocean water. Because you drink salt water, it, it dehydrates you, and it makes you want to drink more of it, you know, and, and, and which can lead to some bad things. And I know that's bad, but the example was, to me, the, the same kind of thing about the salt water and drinking it. The more you drink from God's Word, the more you want it. Right. And the more it draws you back to it. And so, you know, that really, God's Word changed that that point in my life for him and that eventually led me to 
to starting FCA as a coach in Louisville, just a, a normal huddle. You know, I had no clue what I was doing, you know, but, but, but God did. And, uh, and just kept growing with him, kept learning more, kept serving him, taking um, students to camp, uh, being more passionate about him, memorizing scripture, reading his word, and, and letting him really lead my life. And that's how he led me years later to being the area representative for the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. That's, that's awesome. Now talk, you know, there may be somebody that doesn't really know what FCA is. So just mm-hmm. kind of give a, just a brief overview of just FCA as a whole and, and, and your, your role as, I mean, mm-hmm. what is an area rep? Yeah, okay, sounds great. Well, FCA, we, we have a, a very simple yet profound mission. We want to engage coaches. We want to engage coaches and athletes and use their influence for Jesus Christ around the world because we believe that that sports is a is a is a huge culture driving force you know i remember back a few <laughs> few years ago when the question was about tony romo right is, is tony romo gonna play for the cowboys is he gonna play somewhere else and you know and that's all i saw on twitter it's all i saw on facebook and uh it just goes to show you that sports is a is a huge driving force and we want to capture that force for jesus christ for the entire school not just for athletes and because athletes are leaders too, right? We want to, what we want to do is we're chasing these athletes, we're chasing these coaches, we're engaging them, we're equipping them, we're empowering them with the gospel, and we want to use them as local missionaries. That's, that's our dream. And, and I am what's called an area representative. I cover basically Denton County, from Coppell up to Gainesville, Aubrey, Argyle, you know, all the schools, Louisville School District, Denton School District, and, uh, my job is, is, there's many facets to it, but you know, number one is coaches. Mm-hmm. That's one of our main C's. Uh, engaging coaches, um, spending time with them, discipling them, teaching them those lessons that I learned in Vernon, right? Yeah, reading, absolutely. Reading God's word, uh, memorizing his, his Bible. You know, my, my first question when I go to coaches is not, you know, hey, how'd you do last night on the game? It's, hey, how are you loving your family? How, how's your marriage? How's your kids? You know, and, and I really just care about, you know, their walk with God. Mm. You know, have you had a good quality time in prayer today? You know, those are my first questions. And, and all the other things will, will happen naturally. And so coaches is huge. Uh, the next one is campus. We have a campus ministry in many high schools, many middle schools, where student leaders are, are, have a club called FCA where, where they teach their peers about Jesus. They, they have fun, right? They may go play basketball and they play dodgeball. They just have an, an era of just excitement and fun because sports is fun, right? Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. God is fun. And then, you know, and having a great message and, and then hopefully connecting those kids who may not, may not have a church back to the local church mm. or bringing the church in as a speaker for them. Uh, and we also, another, another part of what I do is what's called community ministries where we have events like Fields of Faith, which is, uh, if some of you are familiar with the Billy Graham evangelisms, where they would, or like Greg Laurie, Harvest America, yeah. where they take over you know, professional stadiums and bring music, serve food, and share the gospel. And that's our, our version is called Fields of Faith, where we take over high school stadiums. Mm. And it's our big evangelism, where we just want to invite schools, communities, and just share the love of Jesus with them, and, and invite churches, and hopefully not just get them into a knowledge of Jesus, but also com- connect them to a life-giving church through that some way as well. That's awesome. And then, you know, community, we can also be just, ah, man, what's the word I'm looking for here? Just creative. 
you know, maybe go to some golf courses, right? Have FC huddle with some, you know, some, some men or women who love golf and just, you know, to let God lead. And, uh, and so, uh, so I talked about coaches, I talked about community, I talked about campus and, uh, and so we just, yeah, we just get to go and, uh, meet people. And then one of the biggest pieces, our four C that I haven't said is camps. Right. Oh, absolutely. Our FCA camps are huge and they're so impactful that we get to take kids out of their environment. We get to disconnect them from cell phones and we go and take them to FCA camps where we bring them sports training. Um, we bring them discipleship. They walk with college athletes. They have time in prayer. They have time focused on Christ, worship, great speakers, and just get to disconnect and, and really connect with Christ. And camps have been just instrumental with FCA since the 1950s. And that camp ministry is amazing. And we have a few camps here at DFW. We have our, our high school sports leadership camp this summer, the third week in June. We have a middle school camp that just happened. I know your son, Miles, just went to it called uh, Weekend of Champions. Absolutely. And then we also have a college camp that, that called College Advance that we do in February as well. That's awesome. And a little... Uh note on the camps. I mean, he did mention that our oldest son, Miles, just attended the Weekend of Champions. And um, if you listen to the podcast right before this one, we talked to Miles and Grace Olson, and they talk a little bit about their experience at that camp. And and that sports leadership camp in DFW, we sent, uh, Miles went to that last year, and we sent, um, as an organization, we sent five or six students between Alabama and here in the Dallas area to that leadership camp. So if you have, if you're a student listening, Mm-hmm. Um, look up FCA camps. It will change your life. I promise mm-hmm. you. Parents, coaches, if you're listening, get students to these camps. Mm-hmm. So, Corey, you mentioned, too, your area didn't count. That's a big area. There's a lot going on, and you try to connect people with local churches. So one thought that pops into my head is, I mean, you can't do this alone. Mm-hmm. So if there's somebody listening um, that would like to um, – be a part of FCA in your area or even try to engage your local church in supporting you, how would they get in touch with you? Yeah, well, if you want to check out my area specifically, I just created a website. It's got all my contact information there. It's uh, northwestdallasfca.org. But instead of spelling out northwest, it's just nwdallasfca.org. And you can go there and reach me personally. But we also have um, FCA all across DFW with other areas like uh, my, my buddy in Plano and Frisco. And, and so we also have a greater um, FCA website page called dfwfca.org. And you can really get a listing of people just like me too in their areas to really plug in and help as well. Awesome. And I would encourage you, whether you're here in Texas or in another state, I mean, go to Google and type in whatever area you live in and, and put the words, the letters FCA after it and, and find your local FCA rep and get connected because these guys are, are making an impact. They're loving on coaches, they're loving on students, and they need people to just come alongside and love on them and support them and to serve with them. So um, please, um, I can't encourage you enough to, to go do that. So now, Corey, I want to get back a little bit about your story as a middle school student. Um, you and I have talked a little bit about this, and um, you had to overcome a lot mm-hmm. as a student, specifically some bullying. Mm-hmm. And I know that's a can be a tough subject to, to talk about, but so first I just want to say thanks for being um, vulnerable with us and open and transparent to share that, because I think that's a subject that um, we all know exists widely mm-hmm. in the schools today, but it's not talked about a lot. Mm-hmm. So kind of share your experience um, as a middle school, middle school student in, in, in bullying. Yeah, for sure. Uh, 
Man, I went to, to middle school in Flower Mount at Forestwood Middle School. And, uh, man, so I was probably in middle school right, right around 1993, 1994. So I guess, you know, time flies. <laughs> and, um, and when I was there, my seventh and eighth grade year, I was basically called gay. I was called faggot almost every single day that I was in school. And uh, <laughs> my spiritual gift now is mercy. And so I, I, my feelings, I, you know, I feel people, I love on people. And uh, just, man, I was, I was kind of spoken death over, you know? Mm. And, and, and I didn't really speak on this, even up to, even just to this last year or a few years ago. And, and then God really opened my eyes, even the last few years of serving him in FCA, in that um, when we become a believer, you know, I told you earlier today that I became a believer in Jesus in the fourth grade. You become an enemy mm. to, to our enemy, you know, which Satan, right? Right. And and you're an enemy in these schools. And and if there's anyone he's going to attack, it's going to be you because our enemy wants to destroy you, even those early years, mm-hmm. so that you're able to hold back when you're 30, right? When you're 25, you name it. And, and it almost worked for me because being, you know, have those words said over me, it really crushed my spirit. And uh, I even remember, I guess, being in middle school, I don't know why this comes to me, but I remember being thinking, am I gay? Mm. Why do they keep saying this? Is there something that I even don't know? And, and what that, you know, did to me uh, as a young student. And, uh, and then I also, so, you know, you become an enemy. And if we don't have that spiritual discipleship in our churches today and, and prayer over that, you know, and what that can really do and how that can really, you know, harm us even to this point. And God's put me in this ministry of FCA and I go into coaches' offices all the time today. And it's been hard for me even to go to these offices sometimes because even in the back of my mind, it's like, these are the alpha males, right? These are, right. The, these are guys, guys. And sometimes I'm like, are they going to think I'm gay? Are they going to think I'm a faggot? And I have to and train myself to speak life, to, to know um, that I'm a son of God, right? Mm. And, and so, you know, and, and what I've also realized is that those things that Satan does to destroy you, God can use it for his glory Amen. later on. And, and the more I speak on this, the more I speak his truth, the more life I have, the more strength that he brings me. And, and I, I want to say for you guys listening, you know, you may not have a story the same as mine, but I'm sure that you've been attacked in some way. And, and when you bring those attacks to life and you start speaking it and you speak God's truth over it, his life over it, and use that story that God can redeem those years for you and that he can use those, those years or those days or whatever it is for his glory. And you can be an encouragement to someone. And I, and I hope I'm an encouragement to you because that's what our that Jesus can do is he wants to buy back that time and he wants you to strengthen someone else. That's a good reminder that, you know, everybody has a story. Number one, we need to use our story for God's glory, Mm -hmm. but just a simple thing too, that we tell our kids all the time, Mm -hmm. words matter. Yeah. You know, and, and if you are a believer, you're living for Christ in the schools, you're Mm going to get made fun of. That's just a Mm -hmm. fact, right? Because the Mm -hmm. enemy is going to attack you. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and, I, and I want to interject this one yeah. piece too. Is, is the Bible tells us this is is that as believers we need to start building up people and speaking life into people, believers and non-believers, and because it's so easy to speak, you know, sin or death over them, you know, and build up 
Just build up people with your words. Negative words are easier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just, and it's sad because yeah, I'm guilty as well of, of a lot of times think, thinking negative. Um, I don't know for a fact, but I have to assume there's probably somebody listening that has been bullied or is currently being bullied. So what would you say to somebody that could be walking through what you walked through as middle school and maybe scared to speak up, scared mm-hmm. scared to talk to their parents, scared to go to that coach and, mm-hmm. and, and, and bring it to light? So what, what would you say to that person that could be walking through that? Yeah, I would say this. Don't do what I did. You know, all those words spoken over me led to shame, hmm. led to guilt, led to me hiding it in my heart. And that's where, that's where the enemy wants it to be. It wants it to be in darkness, wants it to be hidden. Here's what I would say is speak, speak it out, right? Bring it to light, you know, uh, and go to your parents, go to your administrators, go to teachers and, and don't be afraid because that's where Satan wants things. They want it, he wants it hidden so it can keep manifesting and keep, um, taking control over you. I want you to take control over this yourself and bring it to light and, and, and know that you are a son or a daughter of the Most High and, and speak truth over yourself. Go to God's Word. Let it just uh, take that spot in your heart and, and, and push back enemy, the enemy and the words that's spoken over you. So don't do what I did because I, I, I hid it away for many, many years and it just led to just that piece of, of not being aligned with God, right? Mm. If I give you the best advice, it's, it's speak truth over it. Have a go to your pastor, go to your youth pastor if you're connected to a church. Let your your church pray over you, pray words of life over you. Mm, that's good. Wow. Um, kind of the same in the same um, category here, same line of questioning. Um, maybe there's a parent listening that their student is walking through that and they don't know what to do, or mm-hmm. a teacher or a coach that is working through a similar issue with one of their students, what would you offer, what advice would you offer a parent or a teacher or a coach on how to, how to walk through a situation with a student? Yeah, and uh, well, let me kind of break that down. If you have a student who you know is going through this, man, that same advice I just gave you, right? Speak truth mm. over these students. You know, remind them daily of, of man, how loved they are by God, mm. you know, first and foremost. And, and who they are, who, what God says about them, just like, you know, Jeremiah 29, 11 tells us, you know, and remind them over and over that they are unique. They are special to God. And then uh, in that same mindset, you're going to have kids in your class that were just like me. You're going to have that student you coach. You're going to have that child, right? My parents had a child who never once told them what he's going through. So speak those words of life over your kids daily anyways. Mm. Speak those words of life over your students, over your athletes. Use your words to bring life to kids, you know, and watch what, what can happen because because that matters. Man, that's good. I mean, I know for me, I'm already um, being encouraged because I know that's a struggle for me as, as a parent. Three kids, you get caught up in the busyness of life and you mm-hmm. forget to speak life in your kids every day. So. Yeah. And I'm not saying mindset is fill your house with God's word in the mornings, right? Put some worship music on before your kids go out. Have a day of prayer with your family because this world is broken by sin and we need that, you know, and and just wrap yourselves, your families, your households with the word of God and and watch him work. Man, that's good. I mean, like I said, that's a great reminder for me because I think a lot of times we just get caught up in our calendar Mm -hmm. and the busyness of life, just the day-to-day things, and we just... 
you know, that's one of the first things to go is the prayer time or reading God's Word together or whatever. Mm-hmm. That, that's, that's incredible. Um, we have a lot of student athletes that listen. Um, you know, and you're in the schools quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You've been a coach. You're in the schools at FCA. And I know there's, you know, and you talked about, you know, as a believer, you're going to be under attack. So I know there's student athletes that listen, and they're in the schools, but they struggle with taking a stand because right or wrong, and I say this often, we – you know, there's, we could have a whole other conversation of mm-hmm. athletics being a platform, but it is what it is. It can be used for good or for bad. So how would you encourage a student athlete that's in the schools to, to be bold mm-hmm. and stand up for Christ at a time when, you know, it's, we've talked about it. It's not easy. Yeah. Oh, man, that's, that's a great question. And, uh, you know, that kind of is a, is a hard issue, right? You know, and number one is, is you can't give what you don't have. Mm. You know, so as a student athlete, first and foremost, I pray that you seek discipleship. You always seek to grow closer to Christ, you know, at, at whatever point. Find that person. If you're a young, a young man, a young boy athlete or a young girl athlete, if you're a guy, find that, that man that you, you want to emulate mm. who loves Christ and ask them, hey, help me, right? Help, wow. help me pray like you. You know, you don't got to pray exactly like them, but help me be a man of prayer. Right. Help me uh, seek after God's word. Teach me, you know, these things. That's discipleship. Same thing for a young, a young woman athlete. Find that that woman out there who who you want to emulate your life after and then love Christ how you are, you know, how he made you to love him and be him. And then you teach someone. And so number one is is you, you can't give what you don't have. So the first part is, man, seek that half. Right. Yeah. You know, grow with him. And then as you grow with him, teach others, you know, uh, uh, be obedient to God. That's something you know that I've been really just kind of wrapping my own life around right now. Is what does it mean to be obedient? To be obedient to Jesus? Because uh, you know, on the part in the Bible where it says building your house on the rock, uh, the first thing Jesus kind of says, and this one little sentence I think is so profound. He says this: "Why do you call me Lord, hmm. but not do as I say?" Wow. So. If you're a young athlete out there, a young student out there, if you really call this this guy Jesus Lord, then listen to him. Mm. Be obedient. Build your life around what he says is right and what he says is wrong. And uh, obedience is a big deal because I think obedience leads to faith. If you really do have faith that Jesus is who he says he is, that God who left heaven came down here, lived a perfect life that he couldn't live, gave his life for sin, offering for us to atone that sin, if you believe all these things, then prove it to him by fashioning your life under how he said to live and and then tell others, right? When when God sends people to you, they say, wow, man, you're different. What's different about you? Invite them for coffee. Let me tell you about this guy, Jesus. Hmm. Let me tell you how to have knowledge of him and then how to live for him and discipleship. That's what Jesus kind of commanded us, right? Before he left and, and, and ascended to heaven, he said, go and make disciples, teaching them. And, and that's my that's my encouragement to you is is number one never stop learning about him growing for him and then being proud of him making him lord of your life having a life obedient to him and then sharing that with others and teaching them the same. It's kind of what Paul said. You know, Paul mm-hmm. said, "Imitate me as I imitate imitate me as I imitate Christ." Exactly. And you know that's a good point. And never be afraid to go to somebody and go, "Hey, I need help." Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a believer. But I'm struggling in this area. Could you teach me how to pray? Teach me how to read my Bible, and and then pass it on to somebody else. Yeah, exactly. Um, that was a question by student athletes. Let's 
go to the coaches for a moment. I mean, it's these coaches work <laughs> endless hours. I know. It's a lot. And they're balancing families. They're balancing coaching. But also, I mean, coaches that have this platform as well to impact students. So, you know, having been a coach before mm-hmm. yourself, what, what advice would you offer a coach, you know, balancing the, mm-hmm. all the demands that they have? I mean, they're putting in more hours than anybody I know. So, um, you know. Exactly. Well, one of the advices I would give, I think, is, is coaches, right? We need to also, I think we need to rename the win sometimes. And, and I'm not telling you that winning on your team is not important because, hey, just like everyone, you know, winning is fun. Winning can honor God when it's done the right way. That's right. But I think there's also levels of winning. Mm. Are you winning at home with your family? You know, are you winning with building young men and young women of character, um, learning to be obedient? Are you winning at, at school? Are you winning by being obedient to your principal? And there's all these different different levels of, of win there. And, and I think sometimes we forget the first win. Are we winning with having a relationship with God, mm. first and foremost? Do we trust Him? Do we trust Him that He can do more by us doing less? Does wow. that make sense? You Absolutely. Because that's what I see. You know, God can do more for me when I, when I give... 10% or more to his kingdom and he'll do more at my house with his finances you know going back to that Proverbs 3 5 through 6 piece where it says lean not on your own understanding man there's a way the world says to live and there's a way God says to live wow. and you can trust God and his way is not of the world right wow, he, says that's good. he says you'll do more with 90% of your finances than you'll do with 100% and it's so true and same things with just our time you know um are you okay with saying no to some things because uh, you're going to say yes to God mm. and, 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 and trust Him in that? And, and, and not only just coaches, but communities, right? We also have to, to, to think about what's the win in our communities, you know? Yeah. And that, that scoreboard's not always the most important piece. You know, are we building up the next generation to love Jesus? Are we building up young men and young women that are going to have... Uh, a solid foundation with values, morals, and a desire to win. You know, to be competitive, to point towards the glory of God. You know, and, and I, so my advice to coaches is is reassess priorities. You know, reassess alignment piece with God. With because you know I hear this a lot when I go into coaches. You know, first is faith, then family, then football. You know, just using it as an example. Is that true? Because mm. if it is, let's let's adjust our lives under that umbrella. It all sounds good, him. right? Mm-hmm. Faith, family, football, it all sounds great. I know yeah. a lot of guys that say it, but yeah. yeah, you're right. Is that really, is that really the way it is? And and as it is because, you know, going back to that piece on building your house on the rock that Jesus tells us in his word, and he says, and because the rock, the foundation of your life is Jesus Christ. The house is your life. What is building this house? It's obedience to him. You know, because Jesus says, you know, he who has my word and puts it into practice is like a man who builds his house in the rock. And he says this, coaches, know this. The wind's going to blow, right? The water's still going to come against this house. But he says, when you build it on my word, it's going to stand. That's right. But if you build your house on sand, like only winning, that same wind's going to blow, that same water's going to come. And your house will fall if it's built on money, if it's built on winning, if it's built on on yourself. But when it's built on Jesus Christ and, and really aligning yourself properly in Him, 
your house, your life, your family is going to stand. Wow, that's very good. And I know just as a parent of a young student athlete, and we're just finishing year two of middle school athletics, but I can tell you the impact that coaches have. Mm-hmm. Um, the words that coaches say are powerful. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I joke all the time with some friends of mine that, you know, my son can come home and tell me something that I've been I've told him for six months. Uh-huh. But because Coach A uh-huh. or Coach B or Coach So-and-so said it, yeah. then all of a sudden it's true. So, I mean, coaches have, exactly. have a lot of uh, – their platform's huge. I say this all the time. I've got a four-year-old son and a three-year-old daughter. I know someday they're going to come home they're going to say, yeah, Dad, but Coach said this. That's right. You know, that, but Coach said it matters. Those words matter. Words do matter. So one question we always ask all, all of our guests, I think you've already answered mm-hmm. it, but I'm going to recap it and see if there's anything else you want to add, is, is just talking about you know, being all in mm-hmm. in your walk with Christ. And I think you've hit that very good today with um, how's your prayer life, how's your time in the words. Anything else you'd like to add on what does it mean to you to be all in in your walk? Oh, man, yeah, no. I just, I just can't stress enough that word obedience. You know, obey our Lord. You know, do things how he says and why he says. I know it doesn't say how to live every single aspect of your life, but it does say the majority of it, right? On, on the big pieces, on our finances, on our family situation, and obey him and put your structure under him and, and live for him. And, and in all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll direct your path. And just, you know, having him first and foremost. And I also want to attest, you know, not just being all in, but just your all in sports. And what an amazing um, outreach it is and how that, that relationship with FCA has been great and, and that connection piece on how, how you guys are doing. You're going, right? You're going to the community. You don't always spend so much time planning. Sometimes you just go, right? Mm. And you let God fill in, in the gaps. And I mean, you talked a little bit ago, I read this book by Mark, Mark Batterson called Chasing the Lion. And, and their, their mantra at National Community Church is, is uh, go set ready, <laughs> you know, versus ready, set, go. Because when you're talking ministry, you're never completely ready. Sometimes you go and you let God fill in the details and, and watch him work. And, and I just love seeing that with you guys in all in sports too. I mean, I appreciate that. That's, that's, well, you know, encouragement's always good. So one final thought, mm-hmm. um, you know, we talked already about your FCA area. Um, I know you have one special event coming up at the end of April. Mm-hmm. Um, talk a little bit about that. And, you know, if there's anybody that would like to be, you know, more information on that, how they do yeah. that, any other things you have coming up just in your sure. area, um, if anybody wants to, to reach out to you or be a part of it. Yeah, I'll, I'll say this, you know, um, all of us guys who work for the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, we're local missionaries. So, you know, FC doesn't have a product that sells, right? We do have a product, Sharing Christ, which is the best product we can have. But, uh, you know, we survive on, on monthly donors. We survive on community uh, generously giving to what we're doing so that we can keep uh, pursuing athletes and coaches for Jesus Christ. And uh, one of the events that we have in my area is we have a dinner coming up on Sunday, April 29th in Louisville, Texas at the Hilton Garden and Louisville Convention Center. Uh, our keynote speaker is Neil Jeffrey, who played... Uh, awesome. Played we love Neil. Yeah, yeah. Love Neil. Yeah, he played quarterback at Baylor, played for the Chargers. Uh, he's a, a pastor at Prestonwood Church, and Neil has just been a, a lifelong uh, man, just fan of FCA and, and someone that, that we give a, a big DFW award, the Neil Jeffrey Award, with. And, and he's going to come bless coaches, bless 
uh, students, plus parents, plus community people. So if you'd like to come, you can go to my website, uh, nwfca.org, and all the information's there. We have tickets, we have corporate sponsors, and just come check it out. Come come see what the ministry's about, and uh, and I'd love to man connect you to ministry in your area as well. Absolutely. Together. That's good. Yeah, we're uh, our family is big uh, fans of Neil Jeffrey. He actually baptized our our twins, William and Anna, mm. um, when they were younger. So he uh, has a special place in our heart. And my wife's a Baylor Bear, so obviously <laughs> um, that means a lot to her as well. So Corey, I've enjoyed today. Um, I value our friendship. I'm glad. You know, I'm just thankful God connected us. Um, a year or so ago and love doing ministry with you. So thanks for opening up and sharing your heart today. Hey, thank you guys. You bet. Thank you again to Corey Largent for taking the time today to sit down and just share his heart, share his story and some of the struggles he had to overcome as a student and and also um, his current role with Fellowship of Christian Athletes and his passion for getting to know coaches talking to coaches, investing in coaches and student athletes to boldly follow Christ and what that looks like, what that means, and also encouraging um, coaches and students to be involved in the discipleship process, um, both being discipled and discipling someone else. So I hope you were as encouraged as I was by that conversation. Corey's just a great friend of mine. I'm thankful that God has allowed our paths to cross. Um, love doing ministry with the guy, and I hope you got a glimpse of his his heart today. And also, just want to thank you for listening. Thank you for um, faithfully listening to these podcasts. We ask you to share it with your family and friends, and especially this one. Share it with someone that may need to be encouraged. Um, share it with coaches in the schools in your area, students, student athletes. Just um, help us get the message of Jesus out through media. Um, and you can also um, find out more about All In Sports Outreach by going to our Facebook page. Just type in All In Sports Outreach on Facebook. Um, you can communicate with us. You can find out what's going on, um, know how to pray for us, opportunities to serve with us, and also um, chances to give to help us to continue this ministry of bringing people together through sports um, and sharing the love of Christ. Um, you can also visit our website, www.allinsportsoutreach.org. Find out any and everything.